episode 27, a not-so-clever title. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. Hey! And welcome back to episode 27, a not-so-clever title. This is Brian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, little note here, as you can probably tell, I, I'm a little sick. But hey, the show must go on. So hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. Maybe it kind of sounds uh, a little deeper and lower than usual. Maybe it sounds better. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe a little sultry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we got a lot this to talk about this week. We're going to be reviewing Gon's Sean Clever. Uh, might sound familiar because we talked about it with Stephen Bonacore. It is a stronghold game. Well, I mean, they brought it over to America. Yep. And it's a uh, roll and write. So we'll be talking and reviewing the, about it this week. Uh, spoiler, it's a lot of fun. And um, we'll be talking about what's on our table. We got our love and hate. And uh, we're going to be actually talking a little news, gaming news. Uh, Essen happened last week, which is a huge gaming conference. And so a lot of new stuff, new games, uh, some other announcements came out. So we'll hit on that. I think it's uh, some exciting stuff. Should be fun. Yeah, it should be. I'm uh, always interested in learning a little bit more about the Essen, the Spiel, and uh, all, yeah. all that goes on there. It's total different culture over there oh, yeah. in Germany compared to uh, board gaming compared to the United States. So oh, always, sure. always interesting to listen and, and hear about what comes out of there. Yeah, and a lot of those games that get talked about there, we end up seeing them like at Origins. Yep. And so it's kind of fun to see some of these games. And then when we're at Origins, it's not a complete mystery. We actually heard some of the games by then. So that's kind of fun. That's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit. Just keep things on your radar. Uh, because not all the games that come out of there are heavy games. You know, they're the. Oh, there's not. Yeah. It, it seems like there's a big trend right now where like the Kickstarters are where your really heavy games are coming out. But a lot of the publishers have been going to like these roll and rides and then they've been re uh, theming a lot of games, uh, you know, some solid games, but re theming yep. them, Marvel. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of good stuff coming out. So we'll talk about that. Now, Chris, I'm going to spring this on you. We didn't really talk about this. But uh, so last week we talked about Towers of Arcana. Uh, If you didn't listen to that review, go back to episode 26. Now, I didn't read the rule book, and you you said it was small print, and I was talking to Corey this week. I was going to touch on that. (laughs) Did he talk to you? No, he didn't talk to me, but I I went back and looked at the rule book. But I'll let you say your part, because I was going to say something about uh, my review last week, too. So, um, so Corey mentioned he hadn't got through all through the episode, but he had kind of heard a review and he had mentioned something about you saying it was small print. And he actually said that he thought it was a pretty good rule book. So he, um, he actually said, I brought it in. I'm like, Oh, well, can I see it? Um, I hate to break it to you, Chris. It's, it's kind of like normal print from no. a lot of the other rule books. <laughs> and I was going to say that I went back afterwards and looked at it again. And I honestly think it was, it was a late night, uh, um, after a wrestling practice and uh, trick or treat and uh, just I think honestly I was tired <laughs> because I was having a hard time reading that rule book and I think my eyes were tired and everything and I looked back I pulled it out because Jamie and I played it again uh, just this last weekend and I pulled the rule book out and I was like oh wait a minute this and this was like at two o'clock in the afternoon not uh, seven thirty uh, at night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to bring it up on the podcast, dude. No, he, yeah, I was going to throw that and mention that. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll just go back and, and recant um, my statement about small print. Now, there was a few sections with like, some pictures that had some italicized at a little maybe smaller font, but not the whole not the whole bit was uh, as small as I envisioned it the uh, other night, which when I was obviously tired and drained from the day. And so moral of the story, uh, don't get all tired and uh, late try at night and pull out, pull out rule books. Exactly. Try to read them. <laughs> it's a recipe for falling yeah. asleep. Yeah. Note to self for me. I definitely won't do that again. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's all on me. I agree. Oh, recant yeah. that statement. So I, I was more not coming to say you're wrong, but more like you might want to get your eyes checked. I'm yeah. worried about you. Oh, trust me. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going through a stage in life where I had to had to pull out those cheaters. That that laser surgery I had about eight years ago is starting to wear off a little bit, and eyes are getting dry. Eyes are getting tired by the end of the day. Working on computers all day long. Kinda, oh yeah, kind of sure. does that. So yeah, all yep, right. Yep. Well, I'm glad we cleared the air on that one. So you know all those angry letters we were getting in oh my gosh I'm maybe just i'm just stirring we up some controversy for people to say i'm just an idiot <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well let's uh let's move on to our news segment all right the games we play news well it's not really news for games we play but news in the gaming world so like we talked about essen was last week a lot of news came out of that uh, a couple cool tidbits uh the first one i'm kind of excited about is a world of warcraft board games coming out and they're actually taking oh, nice. small world which have you played small world yeah i have small world yeah that's a fun game they're taking small world and re theming it and putting world of warcraft characters Ooh. and uh world in it i could see that That's yeah i know it like the artwork works looks yeah, perfect for it, it does so I, I mean i already have small world and then i have like underground but i'm a big world of warcraft fan i might just buy this one i mean it looks pretty cool if you like small world and you're a big blizzard or world of warcraft fan this is one to look out for it's coming out in the spring of 2020 also Chris, did you see uh, King of Tokyo Dark Edition? Did you see this? Yeah, I did. I didn't get to read much on it. I just saw a little blurb on it, and I don't know. Uh, I don't. I I'd love to find out a little bit more about that. I'm a big King of Tokyo fan. Yeah, um, yeah. The, this podcast is a big fan of the King of Tokyo. We've talked about it in the past, and I know this is a really popular game out there. I mean, King of Tokyo is just like. Pfft. I don't even know how many copies they have been bought, but so it's not just a complete retheme because the artwork on this looks amazing. You've yeah. you've seen the pictures, yeah, like it's I this, did. Yeah, it's, it's like this dark theme. Everything's kind of black and gray, but then there's like splashes of colors. So like the monsters have like yellow on them or orange, and they really stand out. And all the everything's like darker themed. However, there's new monsters in this one, and they haven't revealed all of them. So on their post, it actually shows like little standees like being announced in January and December and stuff. So they're they're slow rolling this one. And so you might be thinking, well, I already have like all three or four copies of King of Tokyo. Why should I care? Well, there's actually new mechanics to this game. And there's like a new sidetrack and these new decks of cards that go with the sidetracks. But that's all they've told us. They haven't released any information on this one. But this looks really cool. I really like the art on this one. I would almost want to... We'll see how the new mechanics yeah. played. But if it was even the same, I would almost want to play this one over the other ones. Yeah, definitely interesting. Isn't the the colorful, cartoonish kind of uh, kaiju-type feel of the, mm-hmm. the current King of Tokyo? So I'd love to see if it's a little more dark and gritty. Well, it is called Dark yeah, Edition. It is. So it is. do check this out. Go Google King of Tokyo Dark Edition. There's like pictures everywhere about this. That was at Essen. But this uh, this looks really cool. Excited for that. Um, another thing I'm really excited about, Chris. So we've talked about Azul. We're fans yep. of Azul. And I know a lot of uh, people listening to us have probably played Azul, one of the two games, uh, versions of it. It's a great game. Very available. Very good uh, gateway game. And they've like sold tons of copies this game's become game busters but they announced a new as well called summer pavilion oh have you seen the pictures on this one no i haven't heard that i i, I did hear the news of the azul a new edition of azul coming out from essen but i didn't hear anything much more after that yeah so you have your own tableaus like the other one and and you you still you still draft tiles from the middle but these tiles look like diamonds now and there's a different uh pattern on your uh, tableau i don't know it looks interesting um i'm not sure how, exactly how it plays it looks like there's even a sideboard where other pieces go on that point pieces and point trackers it just looks like another flavor of azul and looks pretty cool actually 
Yeah, interesting to check that out. Yeah. Another one I thought, Chris, that you would be really interested in, Asmodee Digital announced a video game or digital ab- adaptation of Blood Rage. Ooh. Yeah. So you'll be able to actually play Blood Rage on your computer or uh, looks like tablet or phone. Yep. It's one of those games that's hard to get to the table, but you could play it a lot on your computer. That is. And that that actually was a Kickstarter this last year. Oh, and, was it? Yes, and I actually backed it because there was. Oh, did you? Yes, because there was more um, more pieces coming out for the uh, Blood Rage as well as a neoprene mat. So I ordered the. I'm a, I'm a sucker for for those mats and the bling and stuff. So yeah, I ended up uh, backing the Blood Rage digital uh, package as well as the uh, physical um, new edition of a clan and neoprene mats and stuff. So yeah. That is is pretty cool. No, the, I've seen some previews. It looks cool. Yeah, they also announced along with it Game of Thrones, the board game, which Ooh. I know I haven't personally played those. I've heard no, really good things so about the, I. Yep. the Game of Thrones. Um, that's a little pricier game. And again, I think it's longer and a little harder to get to the table. So I really like the idea of making these digital games of these like heavier games. So you, you get a chance to play, you know, either against the AI or versus other people, which that's great. That's why I love Scythe Digital. Oh, so good. Just wrapping it up, I just wanted to take like one of the hot games that came out of Essen, a game that like everybody ranked really high coming out of Essen. So it's this game called Die Crew, and it's a cooperative trick-taking game. Interesting. Yeah, it's by Cosmos Games, and the theme is we're in space, or astronauts, and we actually have to fulfill our own missions by by taking tricks. And there's multiple missions, and you can play over multiple games. So you can pause between missions or gameplays and pick it up and play later, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is. But the artwork's pretty cool. It's kind of like uh, Astronaut. There's missiles and like satellites and kind of cool stuff like that. I'm just a sucker for trick-taking games. So this looks really interesting to kind of blend trick-taking with uh, some board game elements like uh, and cooperative. I've never heard yeah. of a cooperative, fully cooperative trick-taking game. So I agree with you there. I've never heard of that. But it got really high ranking at uh, Essen. So I'm, I'm looking forward to checking this one out. So that wraps up the news. Okay, this week's What's on Your Table. Chris, what's been on your table this week? So uh, Jamie and I did get to play some more Quacks of Quinlinburg, and we pulled out the Herb Witches expansion. Oh, good. Which, yeah, what do you think I about that? Um, I liked it. There was a several. It, it brought actually several uh, new aspects. Um, so it 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 added a fifth player to the game, which we didn't get to play five players yet. So I'm still going to test that out how it plays with five. Mm-hmm. But it added a new um, new ingredient called the Fool's Herb. It's a mechanism that that gives you points depending on how many rat tails you have. Your your bat. Oh. So it it really it's a catch up mechanic. Because and the catch up mechanic yeah. in the base game, like while it's there, it really doesn't help you a whole lot. Yeah. At it, least I feel like. Well and there's so there's a few things that I liked that what they did with this expansion um to really keep the game play flowing because it could go out of hand easily with the all the pressure luck if you keep pressuring your luck and you bust all the time um so with that they added this um this fool's herb and if you select that and you pull it out um depending on how many rat tails you had to begin the turn you get some extra points and stuff like that so it is definitely something that wants to grab if they're you know way behind can can help catch up because this was more more tight we played a three player game isaac jamie and i and it was a tighter run i i end up interesting um but uh Isaac came in second by a few points, and Jamie wasn't too far away from us, even though she busted one round and really, which really hurt her. But because of some of these other in-game plays, it really um, um, it kept it more tight. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, some of the other cool things I like they add. They added a new pumpkin. So if you remember in the base game, the pumpkin was just a one space. It was kind of the filler. If you have three extra points, you just grab a pumpkin. Well, they have a six space pumpkin uh, oh so a six space a six. Oh yes. my word that is huge it's 22 points to buy 
But uh, yeah, so that's a lot. But you pull those out and oh my gosh, yeah, that moves you tremendously. Yeah, so that was interesting too. But one of the other things I r- uh, really liked about the this new expansion, it added an overflow pot. So what you do, is you set it off and it fits right uh, on your Tableau board. And so when you get to the, the end of the spiral of your cauldron, where you're at capped out at 35, you, uh, because at that point in the original game, you, you just stop. You, you're like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. It doesn't help me. It only hurts right, me. It, right. Right. So what happens now is you can continue to still pull out ingredients and put it in the overflow pot. And then for uh, what you do is you count up all the numbers on the ingredients then divide that by two, and that's how many uh, additional uh, 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 points and stuff you get. So I like that. So do I, because I got to a point where I maxed out, and I had oh, tons yeah. of chits still left, and I only had maybe two of the cherry blossoms, so I was nowhere busting. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll keep doing this. And I got... T- it gives you uh, incentive for exactly. that push your luck. That's, that's what yeah. I like. That's definitely okay. what I like. I really nice. like that aspect. Yeah, so that was neat. Because uh, that 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 was one of my complaints about that game is if you did bust, you got way behind. Even with right. the rat tails, right? Uh, like when we played, if you remember, yep. Um, I got all those rat tails and I maxed out, and you almost got maxed out. So I'm like, well, that didn't even help me at all, right? Like yeah. all it did is keep us the same amount of points. So I really like the overflow, and also it keeps it tight. Because when it keeps it tight, it actually puts a little more pressure on the first player to keep going. Absolutely. Because you could you could totally go way safe when you get enough of lead in the base game. Yep. You could just play it real safe as first player. Yeah. Or first place. Yep. It was. And um, one of the other things it added is the herbal witches, which there's. Um, three different colors of witches and there's different uh, cards with them and they each have different abilities so what you do you get these uh, coins and you each each get one coin of a different color there's three colors um, one for each so you either keep the coins and at the end of the game each coin is worth two victory points or you can spend them on these herbal witches and it's a one-time game of uh, affecting mechanic that during different phases and it says on the herbal witch what phase you get to do something so one Mm. of them was if you uh busted by pulling out too many cherry blossoms, you can spend your coin and then you get your potion back to reset. So you can basically, uh, you throw back cherry blossom chit that you pulled to bust yourself. You throw that back and you can keep going again. So there's, there's, yeah, there's some different mechanics on them. And, and so there's some different herbal wishes. There's three colors, but there's like four cards with each of the three colors. So there's different game mechanics within it. So it, uh, variability in plays, but they give you some one time, game uh, mechanic uh, changes th- uh, that you can spend your coin on and utilize it if if it comes up there's you get more rubies you get more victor points if you pull out um, th- there's just yeah there's just different things where in this, more variability right, more like. variability and it's very situational but if that situation pops up you're like hey i'm gonna spend my coin and give it to the herbal witch and utilize this game aspect and make a really cool effect. So I like that. Yeah, it's it's different. It is most definitely different. But um, I really like the expansion. Um, I like. I, I'm very interested to play five players. Like I said, I haven't done that oh, yet. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll have to play five players. Uh, but adding the overflow pot and that new ingredient, uh, it really makes it. It the, the it really seemed to feel like it kept the game tighter. And increase the incentive, the first player person to continue to press their luck and not yep. just hold on to the lead. Um, yeah. So, so that makes Perfect. it a tighter game. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Jamie really enjoyed it. So, we're gonna play some more this week and weekend. Of course, it's it's becoming one of our favorite uh, games <laughs> to do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, that sounds awesome. I'm really looking forward to playing that. So, as of this point, you probably would be a must uh, must play expansion now with oh, it oh i think so it, it is most definitely i i don't think i would want to play uh even if it just take a couple aspects like the overflow pot uh i i don't think i'd want to play without that um oh, and, and okay. that because it's just like i said it keeps things tighter and yeah it makes fixes it, some of those yep, problems yep yeah yeah, so there, there's some definitely some mechanics in there, and and Jamie really liked the the six pumpkin, 
where uh, she bought a few of those and that that oh, you that pull you pull awesome. some of those out and you're like oh my gosh yeah those are some big big game chintz and stuff so yep cool it was, it was pretty cool it was uh definitely if you like quacks of quinlanberg and you have that i'd i'd invest into that and i'm always you know you add a fifth player i like adding if we can get more people interaction into the game i'm all for that especially since as many many kids and stuff we have <laughs> uh, you know there's always one kid left out so we can get one more in there um so with a fifth player but yeah it's most definitely we we give two thumbs up if you like quacks of quinlanberg get the herbal witches expansion and add that and it it really does add some some uh, more flavor to a really good game. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and if, if uh, you hadn't heard us talk about Quaxicolenberg, go check out episode 21 where we review it. Highly recommend it. Great family game. Great yeah. just gateway game. I played with some new people at the Delt Hand last week, and they were kind of like, I'm like, what games do you have played? They're like, well, and they're naming off all these mass market games. I'm like, hmm, okay. Uh, so we played Splendor, and they liked it. I'm like, you know, let's try quacks. And we, it seemed a little overwhelming from that first, but after like one round, they're like, yeah, this is good. They really like this. So yeah, very available game. Yeah. Um, very so. much, very much. Yeah. We played it with kids. We played it with teens. We played it with adults and it really handles well with all the, all, all ages and really good. Yeah. Game. It's yep. very intuitive too. Yeah, like even is. though it can kind of seem a little abstract, you know what you're doing, but when you get the game mechanics, see what you're doing, I'm like, Oh, this makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so quickly what's been on my table is uh, a few games this week, uh, all kind of smaller games. Uh, so we played welcome to the dungeon at work. I introduced that to Josh and Corey, some, uh, coworkers of ours. We've talked and Corey's been on this show. Uh, welcome to the dungeons, this quick game where you, uh, you have a hero and they have all these items that give them like health and special bonuses like, hey, you kill monsters with even numbers or kill monsters with three or less health and stuff like that. And then there's a deck of these monsters and they're um, they're distributed evenly and there's varying uh, numbers. So you anything from one all the way up to nine, which is the dragon. And essentially on your turn, you you either pass. If you pass, you're you're out or you keep going and you draw a card. When you draw a card, you either put that monster in the dungeon or you put it in front of you, not in the dungeon, but you have to take away a one of the items from the hero. And so this is kind of a almost a little press your luck, a little bluffing because if you get left being the last person in the dungeon you have to take that hero through the dungeon and what that means is you flip over the monster cards that are there in the dungeon and you resolve them and if the hero dies then you lose and if you lose twice you're dead if you win or successful through the dungeon twice you win the game so it's this really press your luck of you know, you have limited information because only you see what you have, but you're trying to like get the other players to back out based off the information you have, or you're trying to screw other other players, you know, to get them to go through because you know the dragon's in there and they're not gonna be able to defeat the dragon. It's it's really fun. I uh, really like it. It's fantasy themed. It's uh, pretty quick. It plays in like 15, 20 minutes. It's a pretty cheap game. It's like 12 bucks on Amazon. Oh, nice. Um, and then there's the second one, Welcome Back to the Dungeon, which adds four more heroes, a bunch of new monsters. And I believe you can actually combine the two games together so you can play even a more advanced game with more heroes and more monsters. So that's Welcome to the Dungeon. I highly recommend it. Uh, just briefly, we also played Cartographers. I'm just oh, loving yeah. that game. I know we talked about a previous one. Check it out. Loving it. And then played Point Salad. Uh, oh, I know that's did you get you've that in the mail? It. Yeah. I'm interested in checking that one out. Yeah, it's at work. Uh, we should play oh, it sometime yeah. here. Um, it, it was a close game. Corey's like, I, the whole time I felt like I was losing. But then he like lost by only a few points. It's it's a fun game. It, it's a little chaotic. Uh, it's really hard strategy wise. But you basically there's strategy on your turn because by the time it comes back to your turn, things change completely. So it's hard to plan ahead. So you oh, kind of have sure. to make the best choice. What's there? Really randomy, but it's like a quick like 10, 15 minute game. So hard to get upset about the randomness on that game. So anyway, that's what's been on my table. Cool. The games we play, reviews, that's pretty clever. Chris, would you like to talk about that's pretty clever? Absolutely. Choose your dice well in Gonchon Clever or That's Pretty Clever to enter them into the matching colored area. Put together tricky chain scoring opportunities and rack up the points. 
the dice you don't use are as important as what you do because every die that's smaller than the chosen one can be used by the other players, keeping everybody in the game at all times. Yeah, that was pretty short. So, Ganshan Clever, that's the German name, or also known, that's pretty clever here in America. It's basically how I would explain a roll and write. It's, it's like Yahtzee. This game is a lot like Yahtzee, actually. But uh, way better. Um, but way alert. better. <laughs> way better. Uh, but if, if people haven't played Yahtzee uh, or this game, essentially, on your turn, you're rolling six dice. They're all different colors, a white, orange, yellow, purple, blue, and green. And you roll them, and then you have to make a choice. You get three, basically, choices on your turn. And whatever you choose, you mark off on your sheet. Because on your sheet of paper... And this is your own sheet because everybody has their own sheet of paper. Right. Um, is a different colored area. So there's a yellow area, a blue area, a green, orange, and purple area that matches up with the die. So if you take, let's say, the blue three, well, that's a bad example. But if you take the yellow five, for example, there then we go. You put the five on your sheet and you mark off and X off the yellow five box. Then any dice that were lower than the dice you took, like a four maybe, you would have to put it on the silver platter, which is a built into the box. And then you get to roll the remaining dice. And then you have to pick another die. And then again, you put any that are lower and silver platter. And if you still have dice left, hopefully you do, you roll it and then you pick one last one. Anything that didn't get picked goes into the silver platter. And in the silver platter, then all the other players get to pick one of those dice in the silver platter and mark it off on their sheet. And then after everybody did that, now it's the next person's turn. So some cool things in this game, though, that I really like, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, is each player gets a certain amount of re-rolls that you can unlock as you make progress. And those re-rolls allow you to re-roll dice on your turn. So kind of It takes a little more of the randomness out if you're looking for a certain number. And then there's also a plus one that allows you to take yet another die. So even if it's not on your turn and you see two on the silver platter, you're like, ooh, I really want that. Or heck, you even want one of the dice that the person's turn took. You could do one of those plus ones and take an extra dice. Um, Even if it's on your turn, you could do a plus one and take one of the dice again, which is pretty good. So maybe sounds not terribly interesting yet, but what's really interesting is in each of the colored areas on your sheet, when you complete maybe a row or a column or a diagonal, depending on which area, you may unlock a combo and that will allow you to get a free mark in the blue section or maybe points or a free mark in the green section or the orange section or in the blue section, it could do the same thing. You could get another plus one, you can get a re-roll, something like that. Um, Same with the green, orange, and purple. As you make progress, you can unlock certain things as well as give you more points, right? And each one of the sections will score you points and they all do it a little differently like the yellow you have to get columns to get points and the blue you have to get so many blues marked off to get points and the green the further you progress you get points and the orange you get the value of the points and the same with the purple you get the value of whatever number you roll in there and and it's really interesting in the green and purple area it's restricted by less than or greater than so you have to abide by the rules so sometimes you can't mark it in there so there's a lot of strategy on your turn that you have to figure out when the appropriate time is to take what and it's uh it's pretty cool um i I think that's a pretty good overview at the end of everybody's turn after i think it's four turns with four players five turns with three players or six turns solo or two players whoever has the most victory points wins or if you're solo there's actually a a star guide you know it's kind of like a point attack to see who can how far, how many points you can get, and it kind of gives you a ranking on how well you did. Let me tell you, the highest ranking is near impossible. <laughs> oh, I know. I was re- reading up on some of that because I've, yeah, we'll talk later about that, but I was like, oh my gosh, how, how do people get that? Uh, yeah, I know. W- without cheating. <laughs> yeah, so did I uh, Did I miss any rules on that? No, you really didn't. Um, this is a 2018 game by uh, Wolfgang Warsh, and... Uh, published by um, Stronghold Games, like you mentioned, one to four players, 30 minutes in time frame, and ages eight and up. It's a really accessible, uh, uh, easy family category, uh, ranked 17th in the family and 155th overall on Board Game Geek, uh, just as, as a game that just came out here recently. So 
you might have heard this developer Wolfgang Warsh. He actually made The Mind, which was like a hit game last year. Like it was yeah. just the buzz, which is also a pretty good available game for family. Right. He does Quacks of Quinlanburg too as well. Yeah, yeah he he's does. He's got some home runs. He's come up. To, but those are really uh, newer games. I know. Honest. I know. But That's... he came out really quick with uh, several uh, home run type games right off the bat, which is very that's impressive. Impressive, yeah. yeah, yeah, extremely impressive. All right, so uh, that's the overview and how to play the game. So the artwork, Chris, uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess there is a little artwork to it. I guess I don't know. Basically, it's pictures of colored dice, and then there's your you're on the box. Then you got your paper score sheet, which is just colors and numbers and graphical. Uh, that and that's about it. So, yeah. um, bait maybe the the pictures of the dice is about all the art. Yeah, I know. It's it, I mean, there's really not much artwork to this game. The fox head is for uh, one of the scoring things, which we didn't talk about. But so very very minimal, very minimal art. But this game doesn't need it. Uh, it really doesn't. The the colors on the sheets though are really vibrant and bright. You don't really need to do that, to be honest, on a on a roll and write. But it, to me, it helps separate the categories of of your scoring area on your pads. So that that's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. So art, yeah, it is what it is. It's that's not the strength of this game. Yep. It's not the artwork. So I mean, it's a roll and write, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, the rule book, uh, Chris. I think you read the rule book as well as I did. It's like three four pages long. Really small rule book because this is a small box. Pretty straightforward. Explains it fairly well, actually. Yeah, I, I think it does. It goes by the step by step of the interactions and the gameplay, and and I think um, it really does does a good job. Yeah, yeah. Not much more to say about that. I think is the no. print too. Sp- oh, shook it. <laughs> uh, let me tell you in about another hour. <laughs> uh, the components, Chris. Uh, so the components, yeah. you basically have the game box, which is actually yep. used, which was kind of clever. Yep. No pun intended. I thought so. Um, it yeah. comes with markers in the box, which is, I, that's nice touch. I like that. I'm surprised they went with markers versus pencils because markers tend to uh, dry out and evaporate. Sure. So we'll see how the lifespan of that goes. But on those but, sheets, um, because they are so colorful, though, you can't yes. see pencil. I've tried doing pencil on it. Right. It doesn't show up. So that's probably why they had to go the marker route. Otherwise, they would have to yep. sacrifice kind of that bold, uh, bright colors on the sheets, I think. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. And I was going to mention that in the aspect. So you got the give and the take of markers versus pencils. Yeah. And yeah, but uh, no, the the markers are really nice. They're they're nice and small. The size of those little golf size pencils yeah. you always get. But markers, I've never seen those stuff, that small before. Yeah, neither have I. That's what I was going to mention. Is I, I've only seen larger ones and not not those little small. Yeah, and they're not dry erase. They they go on real no, paper. They're permanent. So. They're permanent. Yeah. Yep. Um. So and then the dice. The dice are these wooden. They're lighter. Um, yeah. It is what it is. I mean, it would have been nice to have some chunky plastic ones, but. I mean, for a $12 game, it's hard to complain about that. Yeah, most definitely. And it's they're, uh, they're engraved and painted. And so uh, they're, they're nice dice, like you said. They're, they're different colors, and they're, they're not heavily weighted. Um, no. But they're, they're good. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's adequate. Yeah, I mean, even just throw them down a, like a dice tower and stuff, you don't even have to worry about it being so light. Because sometimes with the light ones, it feel like sometimes you don't get the as much of the roll or randomness right. from the dice. But they feel okay. They're not super light. So Okay, I, I, components are good. But, I mean, they're not, like, they could go outrageous with the components on this. But, you know, honestly, for the price you get, with the components, you kind of have to keep that in mind. What are you paying for? Is this a $40 game or a $12 game? For a $12 game, it's good components for what you're, you know, you're buying. Oh, absolutely. Um, The pad of paper, I think it gives you, I don't know, 100 plus sheets on there. And you can, um, on BoardGameGeek, actually, they even posted the raw one that you can print off more sheets, or you can actually go on and order more sheets from them. 
at a, a nominal cost. So, but there's a lot of sheets in there, and this game only plays up to four players. So, for how many sheets you'd have to play this game a lot to um, run out of sheets. Yeah, that that is definitely true. I I worried about that on especially on some of these roll and writes. I'm like, okay, you know, how many gameplays we're going to get through before we need to figure out how I'm going to get more score pads. But this one, you're going to get you're going to get a lot of games in. I mean, push and comes then, to shove, you you set aside yeah. the last four and laminate them. Yep. Yeah, and you can always do that exactly, exactly. So yeah, I think components for the price is good. I mean, they're not the best components compared to like an eighty dollars game, but it's not an eighty dollars game. No, so, it is definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, likes, Chris. What are your likes on this game? Oh, it's a dice game. I like dice games. Uh, it's, <laughs> I should have known. Yeah, it's that aspect. The one thing I I'm always kind of turned off with prior Roland Wrights that I've been experienced to is their Yahtzee. Yeah, exactly. Yahtzee is a multiplayer solitaire game, and this is not. I I love the aspects when it's my turn. I'm rolling the dice, and everybody else has to pay attention and get involved because they get to choose one of the die that I do not utilize, and then on other people's turns, I get to choose a die or maybe more if I use a plus one or that aspect. And so it it, it really, because when somebody's rolling, that's not my term. I need to pay attention to see what they're doing because of the, uh, uh, it, it, it affects me and I could have a play into that. So that's the thing I really like about this roll and write game that besides it's dice, uh, it is that it's a highly involved and interacted game on people's turns and with the plus one so it's not even all the dice that are left over at the end which yeah you always get one of those but your plus one sometimes you definitely want to sometimes use what the other player selected on their sheet because sometimes those are usually usually it's better they pick the they pick the good ones for a reason yeah and so one of my likes is with this is it, it it's not engine building per se but i like where as you build up in one area you unlock some of these combos yeah so you can get down to a spot where you're like i need that five yellow oh yeah i got that five yellow you mark off the five yellow which unlocks a blue you go down the blue you mark off the blue which unlocks a green then you mark the green off the unlocks the orange that can happen and does happen towards the end of the game it's very satisfying when you set that up because the beginning to get a lot of points in this game you have to be efficient with them right absolutely if you don't do if you don't utilize any of those uh unlocks you're not going to get a lot of points in this game and it's it's tough to get points in this game i mean there's five what six different uh colored areas and you're not going to get enough dice to even fill out one of the areas if you're not efficient let alone multiple areas and you definitely want to get multiple areas because of that fox we talked about because the fox you know at the end of the game you 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 add up your points for each of the sections but the fox is worth the lowest points of your lowest section so if you can get one of your lowest up to like 15 or 20 points it's a huge kicker and that that's usually enough to win the game typically so um, a lot of strategy with that, but that's what I really like about the games that comboing. I was really unsure about this game too, because I was kind of anti roll and write for the same reasons that you kind of talked about. And I tried this one out and I was really pleasantly surprised. I do like the rerolls. So there there's ads or can modify some of the randomness and the plus one is a nice little mechanic too, because you can really add to those combos uh, and that's how you get a lot of dice is utilizing those plus ones just at the right amount of time and just rack up the points. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, very much. It is. Like I said, I really enjoy the strategy aspects of this and that chain reaction, chain scoring mechanisms. Like you mentioned, yeah. I truly enjoy that. I definitely yep. do. Yep. I mean, it looks like a simple game, which it really is. It's pretty available, but the more you play it and you want to try to get better at it, it's kind of a chunky thinky game a little bit because you're having to like sit there and think through your best options and what's going to get you the most points and saying there's a strategy and roll right it's kind of i mean that's kind of crazy to me before i started playing these games but uh strategy it's very strategic yes very yes very it strategic. is very much so yeah i really like that too uh one last like for me i also like the variability of each of the colors like how you mark it off and it scores 
each area is completely different, which oh, I really yes. like. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Like there's the grid one on the yellow, the blue one. The blue one you always add to the white white dice, which the white one is like a wild uh, card. It's a wild. Yep. But if you take the blue, you have to take whatever the white one is. And the white one could be anywhere. So whatever the current value of the white one is, when you take the blue, that's the value added together, which is kind of unique. There's like the greater than where you have to do greater one, then the next one's greater than two, then greater three, and so on. And so there's some uh, strategy to trying to figure out you know, when the best do that, the purple, you always have to put something that's greater than the last one. And then when you get up to six, you can reset back to any of the numbers, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And so I just, I really like that. And then the orange, I forgot about the orange. The orange is just a straight up value, but there's some times two and times three on there. So you can get a really strategic, I'm going to put that white six or orange six on that times two and you get 12 points. Like, right. I really like that variability on the, each of the scores. Yeah. Numbers. And the nice thing, a lot of the, like the oranges, the spots after you fill in a few of the boxes, it starts unlocking other combinations. Yeah. So you get to go fill in any blue. You get to fill in a yellow. You get a plus one. You get that kind of stuff. And the more you uh, fill that in, so even even though it's not the most optimal of choice for scoring points in the beginning if you have to select some of those in the end you you get to add some really chain scoring by selecting a couple of those boxes that affect your blues your yellows that kind of stuff your purples though that is really cool mechanism and the good feeling of like hey i did this i just chain scored here i got victory points i unlocked a blue i got this blue here oh i unlocked an orange like you said that's really cool i really like that I agree. All right, dislikes, unless you have any more likes. I mean, I can no. talk about yeah. this game all day long. Yeah, I, we, we're probably talking longer than it takes to play. Uh, oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, honestly, what this game says it takes 30 minutes. Oh. It depends on well, who you play with. If you play a four-player game, I have played this in over an hour. You get a little AP. Oh, I was just going to say, oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, this is no. this has been a 30. I've played this four players every time. And it's it's a 30 minute game for us because we're like here. This is it. Boom. Move on. Yeah, there there. Uh, yeah, there could be some AP. Oh, so that rolls into our dislike. Yes. So uh, playing at, uh, with an AP player uh, will want to uh, pull your eyes. Out. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Go, it's not that bad. Find but a new it can drag yeah. this on. Yeah, it'll drag this on. And and there is room for AP in this because it is a little crunchy by the end because Sometimes you have to sit there and think, okay, well, if I do this, do this, do this, I'm trying to maximize my points because you only get so many turns. So that's why it's not really a dislike towards the game. It's more just be aware of who you play with on this one. Yeah. Uh, one of the dislikes for me is 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 that when you're playing a four-player, there's only four turns. And you, yeah. you, you get things going and you're figuring stuff out. You get stuff and all of a sudden the game's over and you're like, uh, wait a minute. I, I wanted another <laughs> round, another two rounds, things like that, yeah. because it, th- there is a little it, it takes a few turns to get the flow going of this sure. game and to get your or what direction you're going to yes, go. With exactly. And, you know, because it takes your turn. And maybe one or two of your turns plus other people's turn to figure out the strategy, like you said, of I'm going down this round. And by the time you do that, you maybe have one more turn. All of a sudden the game's over and you're and I've I've felt this, especially this last time um, uh, and I and I won. But I was like, uh, you know, I really wanted another turn or two because I felt I was just starting to get my my engine air quotes going and it's yeah, over making progress yeah, it's just yeah. making progress and filling things in and i've got a strategy going just developed and all of a sudden the game's over and i was like uh, i, I kind of left disenchanted in the aspect of oh i want more i want a couple more turns so maybe that's good yeah it makes I, you go, yeah. go away wanting more of the game it, it, to play maybe more. it is where well, i did want to play some more game but that's always good but yeah i mean it's you can tell it a disliker or a feeling of the game but sure yeah. In a four-player game, technically, you would get, assuming you get all three dice on your turn, which you really want to, you don't want to not get a die. Right. You go away with a minimum of 24 dice uh, that you get to write down your sheet without using any plus one. So three three for all the other players' turn and plus three on your turn times four yep. is 24. Um so, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think if it's like one or two more turns, I think it would get OP where you'd be filling out multiple sections, just even one more turn. 
I think you're, because you yeah. usually end where you're really close, where you can max out a couple areas at once by the end. And so it, it it's difficult enough that, you know, you're not going to be able to finish all the sections, maybe not even one section. And so you have to be, you have to make some hard decisions yeah. in the game, which I, I think adds to this, like the strategy to the game as you're playing it. I think if you had five or six turns on a four player, I think it would cheapen the game a little bit. It wouldn't feel as dramatic or serious when you make those choices. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I've I've only played this half a dozen, maybe eight times. So it, yeah. it's still I'm still considered very raw and new to this, uh, sure. to the feel sure. and scoring the points and stuff. So I, I definitely yeah. get that. And this my initial feel or my feeling right now maybe initial aspect and make definitely go away after playing and understanding the game more so there's definitely a learning curve so this is a cool interesting about it is yeah you're rolling dice whatever it's luck well there is luck to it however honestly the more you play this that your scores will you'll see your scores going up every player that i've played with after they played their second time their scores always went up so the more you play this i've seen my score just keep going up and up and up so there's there's definitely a learning curve to it and it gets really satisfying by i mean not that your first play isn't satisfying but when you're done you're like huh i could have done this a lot better let's play again because it's only 30 minutes And uh, that's what feels really good, too, is you get by the end, you're like, yeah, I got I almost hit my 200 points. Oh, I'm getting over 200 now, which is a really good score, by the way. Bonacore, what he said he was getting like 220. I just don't even know how he did that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a I'm at 177. So that's where I've I'm trying I think to my out. best is like 185, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Yeah. So that's really my dislikes is that. Is that pretty much all your dislikes yeah, do? Yeah, really it is. Okay, so Chris, my overall review for this is, you know, I'm going to give it a nine. Nice. By definition, like, uh, so we didn't really officially talk about this because uh, we, we got we talked about the rating, how it's inconsistent. So I started kind of looking at what BGG does, and the score really more goes on my feeling on playing the game. Um, so, for example, a nine for me is excellent. Always want to play. Honestly, Anytime anybody say, let's play Gonshark, I'm like, yep, let's do it. I want to play this always. It's that much fun. Um, so I'm going to give it a nine. Really like this game. Yeah, I agree with you. Mine's a nine, too. Uh, this is a game that we can get in in 30 minutes and it's it travels well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You can throw it in your backpack. Small footprint. Exactly. And it's something that's a bit like, hey, yeah, and let's play this. Oh, heck, yeah. Pull it out. You can play this anywhere. You can play this at cafes and restaurants and and waiting around and, and places. So, yeah, I enjoy this. I agree with you 100%. This is a game that I will uh, always enjoy playing. So it is definitely a nine for me as well. Yeah. The only reason I didn't do it higher is uh, – there's more Gonshan Clever. So this is called That's Pretty Clever. So there's another game that uh, that comes after. It's called Twice as Clever, Doplet So Clever. And I have this one too. And honestly, I like Twice as Clever more. Oh. Uh, it, it, But it's a hard one to start out with. You really want to play this one. And if you start getting, ma- you know, getting really good at this one or really enjoying it, but feeling kind of it's a little stale, go to Twice as Clever. Because the mechanics on this one are just way different like with the silver dice and i i it's a lot more difficult and stringent but even more satisfying because it adds it adds even another extra component where you can spend it like the plus one in the reroll you can spend it to take one of the dice that you put back in the tray and put it back into your free roll oh so you could take that five and it's like, well, I really wanted that blue one that gets discarded because I took this five pink, let's say. Well, you can then use that to pull that blue back into your hand and re-roll it. Interesting. So, yeah. So I really like that. I really like the the twice as clever better. Like twice as clever is like way up there. So yeah, check that out. If you, if you like this game already and you're playing it, check out twice as clever. It's even better. I wouldn't say twice as better, but it's, yeah. it's better. So that kind of wraps up our review. We both give it nines. We actually, uh, I think this first time we agreed on the same score. Yeah, it's very close. So uh, to wrap up this review, like that, like this, I would say basically any kind of roll and write game, um, you name it. There's so many dime a dozen out there now, like Yahtzee. So if you're more familiar with like mass market, like Yahtzee, definitely you would like this a lot. Uh, it's not as boring or frustrating or random as Yahtzee, and it's actually 
It's actually fun. Try that. Uh, or if you like any other roll and writes, uh, this is just a different flavor of roll and write than some of the other ones. Uh, this one, it's it's not like this replaces any of roll and writes. The great thing about roll and writes is they're all unique and different, and they're all like you know thirty minute games. You could play them all. It's 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 fantastic. Yeah. So my suggestion, if you do like Azul and like Quacks of Quinlanburg, those type of games, and are haven't experienced those roll and rights, if you like those, then you would like this type of game. And to get into that, the roll and write aspect, there is some. There's so, some game co- kind of from the aspect of that you have your own like tableau and kind of playing yes, not yes. necessarily solitaire but right. there's some a little interactions yep. and it's Min- a lighter yep. game minimal like interactions yep. you have your tableau you're building on and you're making yours unique compared to other people and, and people can't mess you over or screw with right. your, your what you've done on your yep. tableau yep. and there is interaction or ga- excuse me gameplay during uh, uh first player turns or the head player turns there is gameplay going on with the other players so that kind of game mechanics if you like that that type with like Azul and Quacks we mentioned then hey that's a good avenue to say hey let's try Gonshan Clever and go into the Roland rights in that aspect Oh yeah. yeah, this is a great entry point to the roll yep. rights. Actually, this was our first roll yeah. right that we were like, <laughs> I'm there. like this has reversed my whole outlook on roll yep. rights. Me too. Really Me too. Right. Um, also, just sorry, I want to mention. I just saw there's uh there's challenge packs coming out oh, for this now. This, I haven't this heard next that. Year, where they're kind of standalone, where the sheets are a little different. They still work with the same dice, but they're called challenge packs, where you're trying to hit certain scores or beat the challenge, whatever it is, and they're kind of unique. So they have that coming out now uh, soon. So fun. Even add more variability to this great game already. Cool. All right, this week's love and hate. Chris, what's your love this week? I really like cooperative games. I know we've talked about this in the past and just the aspect I've, I've started playing more with my kids are getting older and getting to be able to do this. So getting them into and us interacting and playing uh, games is, is, is fun. I, I really enjoy that aspect and, and it, maybe it's the phase of, of, our family's life that we're playing more of that right now. Um, but I really enjoy that. There's we've played like descent in the past where there's one versus many. So it's a semi kind of cooperative against one other person, but I honestly really like, uh, the full cooperative where there's, there's three, four, five of us, whatever going up against an, uh, uh, the AI or the, the game mechanics and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I enjoy that. Um, I really, uh, it's, it's, it's cool with that aspect of that where things, especially when things are challenging, when you have oh, yeah. three or four yep. people playing together, if it's too easy we, with that many people, yeah, it when, doesn't it's, pay right, off. It doesn't, but you get some of these other games that are just, oh my gosh, it's, it's hard and you don't win necessarily the first time because you have to figure things out. I enjoy yeah. that aspect of it, of, of yeah. board games that are the co-op and an aspect like that absolutely I, i'm with you i love co-op yeah, games the, the, uh and as of late there's just been a lot of good ones yes yeah. uh, of different varieties too it's not just pandemic right you know or what flavor of you pandemic. know i was just going to mention that pandemic was one of the first ones that really started off for this for us and, the, and it's a good yeah. game it's just it, it's it's one that replayability is a little yeah. hard yeah. unless you're playing legacy but yeah the replayability on that game is a little on the low side yeah but you've got like the the different uh uh, forbidden games, deserts, islands, oh, sky, yeah. like we talked about. Those are those are challenging and hard. Where where when you work together as a team and you accomplishment, you get a feeling that of like of accomplishment of like, hey, we oh, did yeah. something good. That's very hard. So I I really like and that. Those aspect. are tough. Yeah, those are those are and those are good games. Like Mansions of Madness, you know, it has Madness. the iPad now yep. uh, for the second edition is great. Um, yeah, the Reckoners, you know, we played that. That's uh, I. That's a really good co-op game. Some unique, uh, some neat very components unique. Yep. and and mechanics that I haven't seen in other games before. Yeah, very much of that. And 
Yeah, those those are I I enjoy those now. And like I said, maybe it's because of the stage of the life of my family where oh, yeah. where we play the kids. Kids are getting a little older. Yeah, and they can and... start playing that aspect. And the, uh, you know, the my youngest are in in seventh grade, middle school, but they're they're thinkers. And they're Isaac really loves board games. That's one of his main hobbies. Jonathan's more of the athlete. He's the wrestler and football player and running back and stuff like that. Where but Isaac is very that that uh, thinking type kind of kid. And really enjoys this, so it's fun playing and, and playing with the different personalities. But uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that is. But I, I enjoy this stage of of my life and the, our family status, and I enjoy these co op games. Really do. Yeah, absolutely, definitely recommend yep. it if you're not playing co op uh, with your family. Oh, for love this week for me is role player. Finally got this to the table, Chris. You'll love this. Oh, game. Yes. We got to play this. Uh, the whole time I'm playing this, I'm like, this this game was made for Chris. Oh, uh, so think, so think Sagrada and Towers of Arcanos, where there's some dice drafting, mm-hmm. um, but and you kind of have your own tableau, but your own tableau is your character. So the idea is it's it's fantasy, and uh, the kind of fantasy where you have like your races are like Dragonkin and. Uh, I think I had Frogkin, there's human, there's elf, that, I mean, yeah. dwarf, Sweet. there's a dwarf. Yeah, this, re, the minute I saw dwarf, I'm like, well, I know what Chris would play. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you're you're like in a role-playing game, and you're building up your character uh, attributes and sheet. And so, you're at the beginning of the game, your character gets a backstory card, which is unique to you. You get a alignment card. You get a class card. And so, each one of your class, your backstory, and your attributes, will help dictate and kind of focus on which stats you want to go after and like your class card gives you special abilities that kind of go against the rules right it's like your special ability right like warriors can equip more uh weapons like everybody can only have two hands worth of weapons well the warrior could have four um or as the rogue where i could ignore some uh some effects in the game which is was really good um and then your your backstory kind of tells you what uh attributes you're trying to hit for because those attributes can give you bonuses so it'll be like it's a picture um picture this you have you have six attributes you know like strength intelligence constitution and stuff like that and there's three columns so each uh row or each attribute you can have maximum three dice and on your backstory card it shows well if on each row, if you happen to get a color die in position one, two, or three, then you get extra bonus points, and it tells you how many bonus points. And some of them are weighted like you get four reputation or one, So, and they give you different values. So it's all over the place. It's kind of unique. So every time you play, it's different replayability. Uh, but essentially, uh, yeah, you're just placing these dice in your attributes. Your attribute row, when you put one, gives you a special ability. So like one allows you to change the die to the opposite side from any of the dice, even the one you just placed. One allows you to re-roll one of them. One allows you to switch places. One allows you to move some your alignment around. So there's all these ones where you can manipulate the dice, which is what I like, you know. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the randomness, but this allows you to to uh, manipulate dice and then you get gold by placing gold uh, dice and other and other stuff like that and then you get bonuses for getting your own class dice I mean there's just a plethora of stuff you get bonuses and then you buy stuff so you can buy weapons armor you can buy skills uh, and those skills allow you to u- you can use them on your turn they give you special stuff stuff to manipulate the dice and then there's traits that you add and the traits allow you to get bonus victory points at the end of the game and so you're doing this through the whole thing you felt your character sheet and at the end you just see who has the most uh victory points or they call them reputation um basically you're getting rewarded for making the best character of everybody at the table so really kind of interesting kind of gives me that feel sagrada b- yeah, better because cool. it's that fantasy and there's a Ooh. lot more uh mechanisms to the game nice yeah isn't this the game we got our buddy from work jeff yeah at, we at, did yeah that's why i thought we picked up this and the expansion for and it. we got the expansion yep, yep. Uh, and the expansion for my reading is a must-have because in this game you're just doing that you're just placing a die and then you're buying stuff and that's the game and so you build up this cool character and abilities but then you don't get to do anything with the other get victory points so the expansion actually adds monsters you get to fight oh awesome with your character and your stats and abilities and stuff and influence the fights and the fights are pretty simple you know you roll dice and resolve but it at least allows you to utilize your character that you've customized well i was just thinking why would you want to build up a dwarf warrior with a big battle axe and 
not do anything with them instead of go, yeah. <laughs> let's go fight monsters <laughs> yeah my my frog kin was uh chaotic evil oh, which is pretty fun. Oh, funny <laughs> so it's kind of cool because the skills that you get also uh affect your your alignment so uh like heal wounds for example would make my alignment go to good away from my oh, evil yeah and so if you go to chaotic evil you get victory points at the end but if you go the opposite way it gives you negative victory points so you kind of have to play within your your alignment which is kind of thematically cool i, I really like, like that it. i really do like that aspect it's neat yeah it's real neat so anyway that's role player uh definitely check it out plays one to four players you can play there's a solo of a variant of it basically it's kind of a uh, point attack, uh, but it plays pretty much exactly the same. And uh, I'm definitely going to be seeking out the expansion. And also, cartographers, you know, I keep talking yeah. about the game, set in the same realm. And in cartographers, it gives you a new backstory card to put in role player. And the backstory is cartographer. Oh, funny. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it, it has flavor text talking about the backstory, and there's a story to it. And it plays right into the cartographer's game. It's pretty cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, so anyway, I'll stop talking about the game. Really love it, though. A lot of fun. Check out the pictures on Instagram. Uh, really neat game. All right, uh, hate. I'm just going to quickly say just being sick. I just oh, I hate I'm it. I'm there with you. I just realized we've been recording this for six months, and this is the first time on an episode that I've been, like, sick. Um, that's pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad, thinking about it. So, yeah, I got it from Denver. He got... Uh, our son, he got sick this week, and I just caught it from him. So it's nice of him. He's starting to learn to share in kindergarten. Yeah. Oh yeah, fun. Well, half his class went out too. Oh, this yes. week got sick. Even the teacher got sick, which oh, says something. That's so. that's the plague hitting the school plague. Oh yeah. That. So. Anyway, that's my hate this week. Yeah, my hate is a uh, uh, a game that I, I've played a couple times and just really can't get into. It's called Flux. Where you <laughs> you have ever changing game rules and game win situations, and it's supposed to be humorous, and and there are so many versions of this game and variations. I just don't like the concept of the rules always changing, and then uh, the game victory condition changing, and I just I don't enjoy that. I mean. I mean, on paper, it sounds kind of cool yeah. that yeah. you can play a card from your hand to change goals. Or, I mean, because the base game is the base rules is you draw right. one, play one, right? right? And it sounds kind of cool that, hey, I can get a card that says, well, now you have to play all. So you have to play your whole hand or play four or draw five. I mean, that sounds cool in theory. Yeah. And you can change the goal or the winning condition of the game. Yep. In theory, yep. it sounds cool. But in practice, it. It's a mess yep. because it's just random. Like oh, there's no way to be strategic with it. Nope. You just get really lucky with the keepers combination because the goal cards say, hey, you have to have these two keeper cards. And these keepers are things that go out. And there's plenty of take that action cards where you can just mix up everybody's keepers. So even if you're planning on next turn winning, uh, you lose all your keepers. And then there's creepers that won't allow you to win. win. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, it is humorous maybe the first time you play. So, for example, I have the sci-fi one, and there's a lot of references to Star Trek and Star Wars right. that are really right. funny. Yeah. And the goal cards are kind of humorous because they like it's like a wink nod to Star Wars, for example, like a Jedi. Uh, and you have to have like a lightsaber and the Force unknown. Uh, but it's like a it's like a energy sword. And Force Unknown is the two keepers because they weren't licensed with Star Wars. So, yeah, it's funny, like, the first time you play, but after that, kind of... Right. And I've seen some of these games uh, go well past the... Five minutes to oh, thirty minutes. Oh my word! It could be like hour, a two minute game. hour and a half games, oh, and gross. that's where I've like, okay, this is not good. If I want to play an hour and a half game, I've got way better games to play than than Flux. So yeah, I just I I I don't like that game. It's yeah, I just don't like it. Not a fan. Leave it or take. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Cool. That's love and hate this week. All right, Chris. Well, this wraps up episode 27, a not-so-clever title. Hopefully, it makes a little more sense for the <laughs> listeners out there. Made total sense to us. 
in some way it yes, was clever it was or not, not clever i don't know all right well uh something we wanted to just keep on people's radar so next week episode 28 we're going to do a special episode and we're going to call it our holiday primer our 2019 holiday primer the idea of this is we want to get this out before black friday and and the holidays obviously and the idea here is we're going to go through some major categories we're going to be talking about family games two-player games party games we're going to talk about our heavy strategy games those type of games and we're going to throw out some suggestions so if you're listening and maybe you're looking for a game to give to a loved one or a gamer in your life or hey you're just looking for something new for the family this christmas and um, you're looking for something new other than, you know, Sorry or Monopoly, right? The idea is we just want to give a complete uh, top to bottom suggestions of uh, games that we would recommend this this holiday season to buy for the family or buy for that loved one in your life. Um, so hopefully that goes really well. Uh, we'll try to market push this out. I think this is, uh, there's definitely a gap. I, I know some other, the only podcast I know that does this is dice tower yeah i i agree with you that the others yeah even then they don't do a whole lot usually he'll break it up in individual videos so sometimes it's hard to catch all of it and so we're just going to do wrap it up in one episode and uh push that out there and so uh this would be a good one that if you uh want to send it to a friend or a family member have them listen to that'll be next week so that'll be episode 28 in the meantime if there's anything that you think you suggest for games uh send us it our way and we'll we'll include it in our list for uh viewer suggestions listener suggestions not viewer suggestions listener (laughs) suggestions you caught that before i was gonna mention that but it's all good (laughs) so i'm looking forward to it so it's not really a top list per se because i'm gonna probably focus on maybe some of the newer games because we could go old games but the problem is is if you're buying for a loved one most likely they have some of these older games true and some of these older games we may be talking about too as well hopefully the accessibility of getting them so yeah most definitely we know these games that came out with the last couple years they're still accessible and out there on the market for a uh, decent price versus going to a, a third-party vendor, eBay, stuff like that, playing, paying some exorbitant price for, for sure old games. So, yeah. So looking forward to that. Should be fun. A uh, little prep work on Chris and my uh, side, but uh, we'll get her done. We'll step up, Should be step up to the challenge. Looking forward to it. So other than that, Chris, anything else you want to add? I actually got in on that Target deal of buy two, get one free, and then the 25% off. Um, oh, I, nice. I picked up uh, Terraforming Mars. And oh, that hasn't yeah. shipped yet, but the other two games that I ordered did, and I just got them today. Dun, 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 oh, dun, too much. We can get okay. sued. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> uh, Jaws, the board game by Ravensburger. I've heard so much good things about that. You actually play uh, two phases. One, you're on the island as the sharks are swimming around and stuff. And then the second phase, you're on the boat out after hunting the sharks down and the shark attacks. And it's very thematic. And I've heard so many good things about it. So I'm very interested in pulling that out to play and the other and also got horrified uh that oh. was both of those are target exclusive games and that was that was one that came out at gen con this year and was a big halloween sale game and heard it's a very good it looks really cool yeah yeah so i i picked both of those up at a really good price I actually got jaws for free that was my free game so that was a 30 dollar oh, game i nice. got free yeah. Plus 25% Plus, off the others. Uh, 25% oh, yeah. off of Terraforming Mars and stuff. Yeah. That's it was that was a really good deal. So if you if you're looking for uh board game deals this uh Black Friday, and we'll we can talk more next episode, but that definitely that target deal was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. I also get tapestry in yesterday oh, and I got Rise of Fenris in yesterday. Oh nice. Yeah, the Rise of Fenris is really cool. There's tuck boxes, pretty much the whole box is these tuck boxes that have hidden components in there for the eight different scenarios. Cool. Uh, so I think in there's more miniatures in there somewhere. We'll see. Yeah. They're supposed to be hidden, so it's pretty cool. And uh, looking forward to that. And uh, Chris, don't worry. You don't rip up or mark anything on the oh, game. Phew. I was getting worried for a second when you said that. <laughs> so that kind of wraps up that. We'll probably be talking about some of those games in the upcoming yeah. weeks. Check out next week. Uh, spread it out. Share it with friends for episode 28. We'll probably make a little marketing push on Facebook and Instagram. Just to try to get people to come in and listen. Uh, because I think there will be some 
cool, valuable information. So we're going to try. Um, it's, I can imagine it'd be really hard to buy for gamers in your life that you don't know games about. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. That'd be kind of a tough, uh, tough thing to do. These so. hobby games, most definitely. Yeah. If you- yeah. Or even looking for a family game. I mean, that's, that's another big area is be, people actually usually buy family games for like their family for Christmas and they play at Christmas day. I, I've heard a lot of people do that and there's a lot of better games out there than Monopoly and Sorry. So. Yeah, I'm there with you. So anyway, well, that wraps up this episode 27. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sorry for my voice one last time. I will be better next week. Hopefully it wasn't too distracting. We'll find out when I when I edit this. Hello to future Brian. That, that about does it. So from the games we play, I am Brian. And I'm Chris. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod and at GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com.